I'm not there yet. And I'm just going to keep trying each day, each week to just become a slightly better version of myself. Mm-hmm. And probably the hard part for a lot of people is just uncomfortable, you know, <laughs> really uncomfortable. And it's the hard part is getting comfortable being uncomfortable. This is the Becoming a Better Man podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jason Wright, where we talk about real men with real feelings all sharing our search to become the best version of ourselves possible and what it takes to get us there. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Becoming a Better Man podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jason Wright, and this week... It's one of those rare weeks, guys. I've got a special guest come on here uh, to talk with us about, you know, like his story. And uh, he, he happens to be a good buddy of mine. And just regretfully, I've done a poor job keeping in touch uh, over the last couple of years. You know how this crazy COVID stuff has thrown a wrench and, and friends keeping in touch. So uh, we got a chance to catch up last night and it's a really great uh, discussion came up and uh we just, you know, we already had the podcast booked for today and we figured, you know what, it'll be even better when we hit record in the morning. So here we are, uh, my good friend, DJ Haskins, he is a physical therapist as well. And he is the, the owner of his own uh, mobile and he also has a little spot now. So, you know, you need to see him in the office. You want to see him mobile. Uh, DJ Haskins, owner of Resolo PT here in Tampa. And uh, man, DJ, thanks for wanting to come on the show. I'm hype about this because I was actually, uh, you know, I was listening to the podcast and I know that you don't have a lot of guests on here. So I'm honored. I am honored, bro. That's <laughs> select, select few, man. I pick, exactly. I pick, I was I pick. Like, oh, I'm an elite company. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, hey, man, um, you know, uh, some of what we've talked about, uh, even just last night, but I know in the past, um, you know, we had we had really met through kind of like a, a business coaching uh, group, and we had the opportunity, I think, to really bond a couple of years ago uh, yeah. at like a weekend retreat. And you know, a lot of stuff came up in those early morning walks, and I was like, man, this, you know, it's that's kind of how you find out like who who are the people in your life that you just kind of connect with, mm-hmm. and uh, and can open up to to them about stuff that maybe you're just not comfortable open up to most other guys about. And, um, man, I just, I wanted to give you a chance or even just for my own self to hear you talk a little bit about kind of what's, what's been your experience, like as you've gotten older in terms of how you view, you know, manhood or your own manhood. Mm. You know, that's that's tough. And I actually want to, so you brought up, you know, that, that, uh, the time that we had over there at the beach, you know, those few days which was, it was super awesome, you know? So we had this, we had this retreat, right? And it was just for us to collaborate and everybody to, you know, kind of put their minds together and um, figure out where they wanted to go with their businesses. And, you know, you and I actually had a couple of mornings where we just woke up. I don't know if it was like five or six. It was early. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was early. Um, we just go walk on the beach, you know? And I think it's very interesting, like looking back, because that was, you know, two and a half years ago. 
And uh, we're both completely different men than we were back then. Mm-hmm. And so to look back, you know, and go, wow, like we were both very transparent, like even though we really didn't know each other like that well, mm-hmm. you know, we had just met that weekend and uh, it was just dope that we were able to be really open and transparent like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that this actually ties into the question that you just asked, because um, it's something that I'm kind of actively like in encouraging with a lot of my guy friends, you know, to like, Hey guys, like, let's just be open with each other. Like, you don't have to play tough for me. Like, you know, I'm your boy, like, let's talk about it, you know? And it's the same thing with a lot of my clients and my patients, uh, especially as men, it's just like, we, you know, we have this desire, this need that seems to have been imposed by society, which you've talked about before, you know, to, to just be tough, to, to just move on to the next thing, to put it on the shoulders and just keep chugging, you know? But I thought it was dope that you and I were able to connect like that and really just share some of the burdens we were carrying, right? And talk about like the experiences that we had in our family. And uh, so I think that that's where, you know, it's really, uh, that's where things are looking for me as far as when it comes to being a man in manhood is like, it's not about being tough. It's not about just being a provider. You know, it's not about um, which all these things have been questioned for me or like put under the spotlight recently. Mm. Um, You know, like last year I was placed on furlough from my job that I had and uh, my wife was continuing to work. And every day I'm over here playing house husband, you know, I'm cleaning, (laughs) making sure that she has her coffee in the morning. You know, it was a a complete role reversal, you know, or not even per se, because that's not really her role in our in our relationship. Uh, But it was very interesting because. I had this kind of idea that I was a provider, you know, and it was just like, okay, well now you're not because you don't have any money coming in. So then what, you know? And it was like, wow, your value, your value is more than just what you bring into the household as far as money and resources. You know, it's your, it's your energy, it's your emotion, it's your compassion, your kindness, your love, your, your willingness to, your willingness to listen, you know, is just so much more than, than, what we typically see. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that because, uh, it's, it's interesting and you can probably speak on this, you know, more if you want to, but when, as a man, like when you're in a situation where you're not like providing like how you, you expect to of yourself, um, you know, it's, it's interesting the way that you find ways to, see how else I can step up somewhere else, mm-hmm. you know, like, like you, you mentioned it stuff around the house, you know, the, the cleaning, making sure coffee's ready. Um, because it's almost like, is it almost kind of like a feeling of guilt, mm. you know, that you, maybe you're not wanting her to be aware of. And so it's like, how can I step up and go like above and beyond everywhere else? So that way I still feel like I'm contributing to this, this household. Whew. <laughs> That's a really good point. I've had a, a conversation with another friend about this too, um, you know, who, who works from home and uh, his wife was working a job that, you know, she didn't really enjoy. Um, and we talked about that, you know, the guilt of, man, she's going into work and I'm just, I'm here at home, like I'm doing what I love, you know, but she's going into a job that she absolutely hates, you know, and it was a similar sentiment of like, man, dude, like, I just feel guilty. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to be doing what I'm doing, but I do, I feel guilty 
Um, and I, I, shortly after that, I found myself in a similar situation as I stepped away from my full-time job and I started building a business and I was really enjoying my days, networking, connecting with people, um, seeing private clients, you know, one-on-one, loving this, but my wife was still in a situation where it was like, uh, I hate this job. I can't stand it, you know? And I'm like, ah, oh, this is just terrible. Like, you know, so it is, it's very, uh, it's very interesting, those emotions and like how you automatically try to make yourself feel better by being productive in that sense, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's a good point that you make actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, there's something that I've, um, and, and guys, if you, I mean, if you don't know DJ personally, um, I'll tell you like something that I've always admired about you, man, is, is your relationship and your devotion to your wife and how that's been able to still be a parent. Um, even just like from the outside, like from the 30,000 foot view, even after how long you guys have, have been together and just, and we talked about it a little bit last night, like just the different stages of growth that you're at in the different ages, um, as you grow together and, uh, you know, that's how, how much do you attribute her and her influence and just even her presence in your life to your growth? Mm, man, dude. <laughs> Ooh, that's a, uh, that's a layered question right there, man. You know, so it's, it's actually very interesting. You make me think of two different things. So there's no doubt about it that, um, my wife, as you know, a lot of the guys probably listening to this podcast and, you know, people have different experiences. Some people are like, man, my wife has been the absolute best thing that's ever happened to me. You know, help me really develop into the the man that I am. Help me become a more aware person, you know, much more driven, uh, much more compassionate is probably the biggest thing that my wife has helped me with. Uh, I was not the kindest person or very loving and understanding She's very, she's helped me with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's interesting because on the opposite side of the spectrum, unfortunately, a lot of guys have been hit with, man, dude, she's made my wife, my life an absolute terror, you know, and it's just been miserable. Um, and that's really unfortunate. Um, but, you know, like you and I talked about last night, um, a lot of it comes down to ourselves, you know, and controlling what we can control. We can't control another individual in a way that's you know, not just manipulation, you know, and abusing them. Um, And so it's it's interesting because a lot of the things over the years for my wife and I on both sides of it was once we addressed the the issues in ourselves or we changed our individual behavior, it it begot the the behavior or the desired outcome in the other person. You know, for instance, um, you know, for for me, um, one of the things that <laughs> that kind of got me early on, you know, my wife will my wife will 100% agree with this. I'm not throwing her right. Is I'm very particular about um, organization and cleaning and all the sorts. Um, and so, I mean, we're uh, we're here on Zoom right now recording this, but you can literally see stacks of towels in the background that I just folded right before we hopped <laughs> on here, and I didn't get a chance to put them away yet, right? But yeah. Um, it's interesting because my wife, that wasn't quite the case for her. And so I would get frustrated. Like, come on, like, can you help me clean? Can you organize this? Like, blah, blah, blah. And, um, this is really something simple, you know, it's not on a a deep level, but one of those surface things that does become a problem for a lot of couples 
you know, and uh, it was the case for us. And I was just like, man, like I read some book and it was talking about ownership. You know, um, I think it was uh, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. Yeah. Which if you haven't read, that's probably in my top five books all the time. Like Amazing. that book was a game changer. Yeah. Um, and so I just like, man, listen, like, let me do my part. I'll just, you know, I'll fold the clothes. I'll put them away. I'll, I'll be that example almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took some time. Like it doesn't happen overnight. Um, but now life is much better about it, you know? And so it's just awesome um, to see that. But you did make me uh, think of something, Jason, actually, which, you know, you talked about our relationship and that, that dedication, um, which is something that uh, a lot of people think just happens, mm. um, but don't really recognize that a lot of it is mindful intention, mm. you know? And so for a lot of you guys, you know, that are, that are listening, it's, it's not, you know, don't go just admire someone else's relationship and wish that it was yours because 99% of them aren't just happily in love and everything was just perfect, you know, mm-hmm. um, especially in our generation, you know, young adults, you know, young men, 20s and 30s and all the sorts. It's like, you know, it's very hard to find that example of a, you know, a marriage relationship where every, where both parties are just equally happy. Um, and enjoying and thriving this relationship. And there was so much intention, like in our relationship to, to make sure that we're checking in with each other, right. To make sure we're checking in with each other, to make sure we're on the same page emotionally to, you know, make sure we give each other the time to listen to how our days went, um, to caring for each other's family and all the sorts. And I'll tell you this. Um, so you and I both are physical therapists, Jason. And one of the things that actually really helped me leading up to us getting married was I was on a clinical rotation. We were engaged. Um, I think we, let's see, this was in March probably. So we had about six months until we were going to get married. Mm -hmm. And my wife and I dated for 10 years before we got married. So from high school all the way through grad school, we we dated. And very obvious for a lot of people, oh, you guys are definitely going to get married. But it's not okay. Like time shouldn't be the reason that you guys get married just because you've been together so long. Ooh. And I felt that pressure. I felt that pressure, especially being high school sweethearts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure my wife felt that pressure. I don't know if we ever really talked about that, her and I, but I definitely felt that. And one of the things that helped me to go, you know, do I really love my wife and am I willing to be like married to her for the rest of my life? And am I dedicated you know, um, and willing to go through all the trials that we're going to face and like still be with her, you know? And one of the things that really helped me was, um, I was in the hospital, um, on a clinical assignment, a clinical rotation, and I was on the neuro unit, you know? So I'm seeing people, uh, you know, gunshot wounds to the head, um, strokes, um, you know, different cancers that were, you know, in the brain, you know, tumors that were creating dysfunction, um, different sorts And I would see these couples, you know, some in their 30s, some in their 40s, some in their 80s, you know, I would see these couples and the partner just sitting by the bedside. Mm -hmm. And I would ask myself, like, if this was Gabby, Mm -hmm. like in the bed, you know, the patient here, like, if this happened, like, not in her 80s, because yeah, we can say, oh, yeah, you know, I'd be willing to do that then. But it's like, this happened, like, 
in our 20s, in our 30s? You know, am I willing to be that person for her, to be there for her, even if she can't give me what I need? You no, know, give me what I need in this in this place. And I would watch these couples, you know, the, the person's just unconscious, like they've been in a coma for multiple days and this partner is just there by their side. Yeah. And I'm like, man, could I do that? You know, and it was a really hard question to ask myself and even harder to answer, right? Like to, to be able to, without a doubt, say yes, took me a long time to get to. And a lot of people would be like, oh, well, you know, you're heartless or that's no. But the point is like, the stuff that we've gone through in our first four years of marriage, yeah. I doubt that we would have overcome those if either of us hadn't, you know, questioned that. It was like, hey, am I willing to be dedicated through all of this? Mm-hmm. You know, and so there was just so much intention um, about, you know, making sure that we don't allow any of these things to come in between us or separate us and to stay dedicated to one another, you know? Yeah, man. No, that's, you made such great points um, using those examples from observing patient situations because I started thinking about like, you know, uh, maybe I've never seen it that way, but I've, uh, that I've viewed relationships the same way. Like I've, I've paid very close attention uh, obviously to my patient, but more so the, the relationship that they had with their spouse. Mm. Um, and it was just really like kind of uplifting uh, and scary at the same time to just see these people who, like, I think of this one guy in particular, like he had like really bad um, like lumbar stenosis and he was starting to get central cord compression and loss of function in his bowel, bladder, legs, every, like red flag stuff, got the surgery and he was practically paralyzed from the waist down until all the swelling could go down. And he spent five months in the, uh, the rehab facility where I was at at the time on his contract. And it was just crazy to like his, his wife was there like every single day. And it just kind of made me in, you know, and I've seen it the other way around, you know, husbands doing that for their wives. And it makes you really go. I think this is an important question. And I'm glad that you guys asked this of yourselves because you know, when you're with somebody for a long time, it's easy to just think it's the next thing that you're supposed to do. Um, or, you know, who else do I want to have to invest this much time into somebody else if this doesn't work out, you know, or if they're not the one, do I want to start over that maybe it's just easier to stay put. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they'll, I think, fall more in love with the idea of being in love than the actual, like, dirty work, <laughs> you know, because it's the it's the hard moments that you are really going to show your dedication. Um, it's not the easy, but the easy is always the feel good stuff. And I think like you made a good point today's age, dating uh, relationships, marriages, even like there's a massive threat out there. And I'll tell you what, man, like, and I know you probably feel the same way because we kind of talked about our views on social media last night, man, if I didn't have social media or like, if I didn't have a business, I wouldn't be on social media. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to mess with it. And I don't even know like how comfortable I'd be with meeting somebody or being with somebody that was like obsessed with it, (laughs) you know, because like you, you, you get in like one bad day, you have one bad week with each other where you're just kind of like, you know, always kind of nipping at each other. And then next thing you know, like they're there on their phone, somebody's giving them attention. And then Mm -hmm. next thing you know, like their mind is elsewhere with somebody else. And it's easy to get that way out of the hard times because you can distract yourself with even some stranger practically that's going to give you attention by liking your stuff or, you know, trying to slide in your DMS. And it's just like, 
it's crazy the level of, of commitment um, that people, I think, underestimate um, going into a marriage or even just a long-term relationship. It's, you've got to be able to ask yourself those questions. Am I, am I really capable of loving this person the way that they need? Mm. And are they capable of reciprocating? Um, and I'm, man, I'm, I'm just, you guys inspire me and, and I know like no relationship is perfect. And so I don't want you to think I'm putting pressure on you guys as the perfect couple. Um, but I know that it's been a lot that you guys have had to go through, um, kind of just to switch gears a little bit here. What, what impact do you think? Um, cause I mean, you're, you're, biological parents weren't together in the same home as you grew up. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So as somebody that can relate to that, um, and I know a lot of the guys out there do as well, how much of a factor do you think witnessing that growing up impacted your ability to have your views set upon marriage and relationships? Yeah, you know what's you know <laughs> I'm so glad you asked this actually, bro, because I know there's a lot of guys that that experience this. I have friends whose they they did grow up with their parents married, but they split, you know, their parents divorced. And um as they were as they were adult men, you know, in college, their parents, while this while my friend was in college, multiple friends, their parents got a divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, or even maybe a little bit earlier in high school, and they even said no, I'm not going to get married. It's not worth it. You know, like my parents were married. I thought they were happy and then they split, you know, it's like, why would I want to deal with that? Completely understandable. Nobody wants to willingly subject themselves to heartbreak. Like, I mean, you might be a little crazy if you (laughs) willingly want to do that. Right. (laughs) And so it's, uh, it's interesting in the same sense, it's like a, you know, I tell, I tell a lot of people that, you know, your, your family's history doesn't have to be your reality. Right. Your family's history doesn't have to be your reality. I mean, the truth of it is it makes it more likely that it could be your reality, but there's still choice. There's still choice. And that's where I stand with that um, as far as my life is concerned, because um, my dad wasn't around early on in my life. Um, He had moved out of state, kind of gotten his life back together. Um, which I'm very grateful for at this point in my life, uh, because I wouldn't be talking to you right now if my dad hadn't gotten himself back on track and become a better man. Yeah. Um, and so because of that, I was able to eventually as a um, early teen go and live with him. Um, and that changed the trajectory of my life, um, which I'm eternally grateful for. Um, but early on in my life, you know, the real pivotal years, you know, where you're very impressionable and a lot of these habits and a lot of these tendencies start to develop or, you know, where we tend to experience a lot of the traumas that manifest themselves as our behaviors today. Yep. Um, it's, it's very interesting because growing up, I, there's, I, I occasionally reflect back and I really go, you know, am I lying to myself? But every time I do this, I realize there's not a single, there wasn't a single married couple in my neighborhood, in the family, in the circles that my mom, you know, was in, there was no, there were no married couples. There were people that were in relationships, but it was mostly a, um, a domestic relationship with like a, uh, a codependency for, 
being able to survive, you know, so it's yep. just to make ends meet. Yep. And it was nothing that you would ever admire as like, a, oh, yeah, like I want to spend the rest of my life with that person. Yeah. You know, and so it was really hard because when I got to um, when we were in college, after we had dated a couple of years, my my then girlfriend and I, now my wife, you know, after we dated a couple of years, the topic of marriage came up and I pushed it away. And I said, like, you know, because I was terrified. It was like, I don't want to ruin what we have, you know, or and I also didn't know what marriage looked like. It was like, uh, yeah, no, like, um, (laughs) I don't know anybody that's married and happy, like, you know, and it was just like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I want to do this. And so it took me a long time to do the work personally and uh, to really go, okay, in a similar sense, like, am I willing to commit to this? And it was also a, a point where I said, okay, my pretty much no one in my family was married um, or at least the, the one that was, it wasn't anything that I really admired where I would go, Hmm, I really want a marriage like that. And so I hadn't seen that, um, until like late high school with one of my, my friend's families, their parents were married and it was like, wow, like they have an awesome relationship, but in my head it went, Oh, they're the exception, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, so it took me a really long time to get to the place where I was willing to get married and uh, know that I'm dedicating my to this person for the rest of my life. And um, so it's hard. It's understandable, you know, to any of the guys listening to this, like you're not alone. If you have your concerns or doubts because of your family's history, um, it, it's completely understandable. Um, and I just encourage you to do the hard work, ask yourself the hard questions, have the hard conversations now um, and be the more you talk about this stuff, the easier it gets um, really hard at first. You, you think you're going to be judged. Um, you think that person's going to not love you. Um, you think that you're not worthy, you know, of that person. And you sometimes might push them away because, well, you think things are going too good and you're not used to having that in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many things that happen. Um, but do the hard work, ask yourself the tough questions. And a lot of times it starts with you, you know, and, uh, so I just encourage you. Now just start there and have, yeah, no, that's great because, um, you know, I, and, and I think I've touched on this before, like in other episodes, it's easy to point the finger, right? Like it's easy to, to look at your partner or look at your, your family or somebody else that's close to you and, and make them, you know, the uh, opponent, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're the, they're the enemy because they're the ones that are hurting you right now. And, Man, a lot of times, uh, you know, you touched on it a little bit. There's like, you were already like, you're already kind of hurt, mm. right? It's just whether you're aware of it or not. Um, and then it's usually those people that are, that mean the most to us that kind of bring it to the surface after the fact. Cause it, yeah, it happens young, like it happens early. And a lot of us might even look back and go, I never really went through anything traumatic, you know, like I was never abused. I was never, you know, a victim of something but it doesn't always look the same way for people. Like if you've been let down at a young age, like you've been traumatized, like you've been wounded Mm. and um, you know, expectations weren't met and needs weren't met in some way. So it it affects us as guys. Um, Did you ever, and I'm, I already know the answer to this, but um, 
did you did you feel like maybe not wanting to look at that stuff for a long time manifested itself in how you carried yourself like were there anger issues where you were kind of closed off like what was it yeah um so i think uh, as i started to as i started to so a lot of my i'll be honest a lot of my life um was kind of always trying to be different from everything that I ever saw growing up and different from all the people in my family um, or I'll say my immediate family and the immediate influences around me because my family wasn't around a lot as a child. It was more so neighborhood influence um, of, you know, men that, you know, I wouldn't have as a role model for my child today if I had one, you know? <laughs> and um, so it's, it, I definitely avoided um, very uncomfortable you know, conversations and topics. And I knew, I knew that I had a tendency towards anger, you know, actually, um, which was kind of inherited from my father's side of the family. Um, is there a, a lot of my family there is really, you know, quick to anger. And so it was a, a conscious effort of like, how do I make sure that this doesn't impact, you know, my relationship? And, it's interesting, actually, I think you're straying away here from your, from your question, but it's interesting because you and I talked last night about, about that, how even years, years after I've been working on this, you know, 10 plus years that it's like, listen, like no one will, in my head, I've said, no one will ever know angry DJ, right? Mm -hmm. You will not know me as an angry person. And to this day, there's very few people that are like, still around in my life that yeah. you know the person that you know would have been hot-headed from back then right if you get me into like a game night or something or you get me real competitive right now like yeah i'm gonna yell i'm probably gonna get really like up there in your face and everything but like it's not anger right it's passion right yeah. yep, yep. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but the anger side of things it's like it's really crazy you and i talked about this and you can probably touch on you know the element for you where it's uh even years after working on this, you know, something happens and it's like, man, I feel like I'm, I'm about to get angry about this. Like, why am I feeling this? You know, I thought I had kind of buried this, you know? And so it's a, uh, it's a really conscious effort to keep that thing buried. And it's like constant work. And I think for a long time, I thought it was something, you know, and for some people it probably can, I thought it was something that could be fixed, yeah. you know? Um, but we know they've done studies, you know, on uh, on the brains of people that have had addictions. And it shows that even years later, the neural pathway that makes them more likely to use, you know, whatever substance it is that they use, um, it, it makes them more likely still even decades later, that neural pathway is still there if they haven't used. And so it's like, well, am I immune from that for anger issues? Like, probably not. And it's probably better if I stay on the defensive and I'm, you know, or not even defensive, but offense and actively attacking, you know, this issue week in and week out. And uh, so it's just, it's, it's definitely a tough battle, but I don't know if want to share a little bit about, you know, that side of things for you. Yeah. No, we it's had an analogy to it last night, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> I w I'd say it's been the same, you know, because it's kind of like, um, you know, it, it's like we're hardwired after that stuff happens and um, we're like a, we've, we've been programmed and then um, all this stuff, you know, starts to come up, it triggers it, something feels familiar. And that's just kind of like automatically you're kind of hitting that factory reset button and, and you're 
you're feeling yourself going back to where you were before and just backtracking. And, mm. and then it's really frustrating because like, then I'm no longer mad about what's going on right now. Like what I'm mad about is how I've let myself down mm. and, and how like I'm letting this person down because I thought I had a better handle on it. it. And in my mind, the better handle is I've destroyed that version of me forever. Mm. And it's like, it's just not possible. And the more I, the more I think about it, it's, it's better for us to acknowledge that dark side that's there because then it doesn't have that kind of power over us. You know, like it's not like it's something that we're afraid of and have to keep trying to run or hide from it or hide it from everybody else. Um, it's more of, yeah, this is, this is a part of kind of what shaped me and I used it to protect myself early on. And then at some point it got to where it's going to hinder my growth and it's mm. going to hinder my ability to really get close to other people and have the life that I say that I'm wanting, you know, and really want to try to work towards. So you just, you can't, you can't, um, you know, get rid of the darkness without shining some light on it. Mm. And, um, if you don't, <laughs> if you don't address it, if you're not willing to look at it, then you're going to be really surprised and really frustrated when it does start to creep back, um, over you because, it's, it's never ending. Like it's ongoing. You have to keep putting in the reps just like in the gym, right? Like you have to keep putting in the reps or else the muscle atrophies. Mm. And the same thing goes with the, the strength that we try to develop to become better version of ourselves. Mm. Um, if not, like it's, man, it's so much easier just to go back to not trying and just feel, just acting however we want to act and feeling whatever we want to feel or reacting uh, instead of responding and uh, it's hard, but yeah, it's, I'm, I'm with you on this, that it's frustrating when it happens and it's, and it pisses you off. Right. Mm -hmm. Because like, I thought I was better than this. I thought I had a handle on it. And um, you know, I, I think sometimes just having that acceptance of yourself of who you are makes it a lot easier to make those changes long-term mm -hmm. instead of saying that I'm not this person you say, you know, I am this person and it's part of me and I'm going to focus more on understanding what triggers that side to try to come out mm. because then I can better in the moment have that conversation with myself and go, all right, is this about this or is this about her or is this about this person or is it about the past? And, um, you know, really being able to do that makes it a lot easier to manage. It doesn't make it an easy process, but it simplifies it to where I think the worst thing like f f with that and even with us as PTs, right? Like with injuries, what's, what's the biggest thing that scares our patients and our clients? It's the unknown. Mm. It's the unknown of how bad is this really? Is it going to keep getting worse? Am I always going to be this way? Mm. You know, I think those are probably the main things that hold people back from wanting to even contact us in the first place, mm -hmm. because they're thinking like, what's the point? And then two, um, you know, am I going to be able to do anything about it? And so I think the same things applicable to our emotional and, and mindset type of, of struggles that we have. 
because when you have that relapse, I guess you can put it that way for using like the addict theme, when you have that kind of relapse, the scariest thing in my experience has been, shit, have I not done anything? You know, like, like, do I have to start over now? Or um, am I ever going to be able to control this? And I think those are the biggest, the biggest fears. And um, being able to just continually put in the reps and understand, like, either I have to separate myself from the people or the environments or whatever that are going to trigger that because I know myself enough to know that like, I can't, I can't push them back. Mm. So I've got to get away. That's, that's the one option we have to consider. Or the second one, if it's something we maybe aren't as threatened by and know that we can have some sort of control over ourselves, know that like, okay, when this comes up, this is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure what your, your thoughts are on any of that. No, that's, that's really, uh, I mean, you hit it, you hit it right down the nose. And I think the important thing for, you know, a lot of guys to know is it's a process, you know, I mean, you and I, you know, cause I know you, I know that you've been on this journey for years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, we're not even the best version of ourselves yet. You know, right. we're still becoming better men years into this journey. So for anyone who's just finding your podcast, you know, or that have been listening to it for a few months, you know, give yourself a little bit of grace. Like you're not going to be the most perfect poly yourself or the best that you could possibly be in just a short few months. You know, we're doing this process is us undoing years and years of behavior patterns Mm. um, of overcoming trauma. That's, you know, 20 plus years old, maybe for some of us. Um, and so it's just, it's a journey. And I think that's what I've really appreciated is I'm not there yet. And I'm just going to keep trying each day, each week to just become a slightly better version of myself. Mm-hmm. And probably the hard part for a lot of people is it's just uncomfortable, you know, <laughs> really uncomfortable. And it's the hard part is getting comfortable being uncomfortable, you yeah. know? And uh, that's probably been the hardest thing for me because growing up, all I saw was people that were um, complacent, you know, that really just the same spot on the same porch doing the same thing. Um, And it's, it's easy. That's easy. You know, Mm -hmm. while it has its hardships or its frustrations, honestly, it's easier than embarking on the journey that a lot of the guys listening to this podcast are on, you know? Yeah. Hard is you just got to get comfortable being uncomfortable and just know that, uh, don't really look for an end date on this journey. Just know that uh, take a little steps each day, each week. Um, you'll have some periods where, Hey, maybe you don't listen to audiobooks or podcasts as much, but keep coming back to it. You know, sometimes you need a little break, but sometimes you just got to dive in there and consume it and uh, go at it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I wanted to call it becoming a better man instead of how to become a better man. Mm. Because I think that, that other one gives you the the false sense of a finish line. It just doesn't, it doesn't happen. Like it's a becoming process and it's mm-hmm. ongoing. And, um, you know, I think a lot of times, yeah, we could, we could take the easy route, but I think that gives you the harder life, mm-hmm. you know, like that gives you the life where you're not fulfilled and where you're miserable and you're angry at the world and you're angry at everybody else. And once you guys, once you start to take ownership of your situation and, and look in the mirror and go, in what ways am I holding myself back 
Um, I think that's when things start to change. Let me ask you this as we, as we kind of get closer to, to wrapping things up here pretty soon. When it comes to accelerators of your growth, um, do you think it's more apparent that it's due to your relationship with your wife or what you had to face in becoming a business owner? Tough question. Because <laughs> I think those two things are, in my experience, the two main things that have forced me to be aware of my weaknesses more than anything else. Hmm. I would say it's I would say it's multifactorial for me, mm-hmm. um, and I think it'll be the case for a lot of people. I feel like if there's, I, I feel like if there's one thing that sometimes it might not be incentive enough to become like a different person, you know, for a lot of people, it's okay. Hey, you know, my, my family, I have a sick family member, my mother or my father, you know, I have to do better. I have to be better. Um, you know, or I have a child that's coming into the world. Like I have to be better. You know, those are catalysts for a lot of people, um, to really do that. I would say it's, it's, it's really twofold for me, which we kind of talked on, you know, is, uh, I would say the the business side of things happened for me because of my childhood and the things that, um, you know, the things that I saw and the things that I don't want my children to experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that came from, you know, more of my childhood as far as business things were concerned for me. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to me as an individual, uh, my family history and also my wife in the sense of not that she forced me to change, but me desiring to be a better, you know, a better husband, a better partner, a better friend um, to her. Um, Those two things were probably the biggest catalyst for me. You know, it was just, if, if I was the person who I was, who I would have tended to be without effort, um, I wouldn't be in the relationship that I'm in. And I've, probably never would have made it through college, grad school, um, to being a business owner. Now, uh, there's, there's just, there's no way I confidently say that. Like if I was still who I was, um, and interesting, you, you actually did bring up, uh, environmental factors and, uh, you know, social influences, like the people that you hang out with, yeah. uh, people that you hang out with the environment that you're in the job that you're at, the places where you tend to spend the most time, you know, those are, those are big factors that I don't think a lot of people account for. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think those are, those are things for other people to watch out for that might keep them from becoming that person that they want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that, that catalyst and accelerator for us on what's going to really incentivize us and motivate us to become a better man or on this journey of becoming a better man uh, it's going to be different for everybody. And it's okay if you're not a hundred percent sure yet what that is for you. Uh, but start that journey, you know, start that journey. And who knows, like that situation may present for a better man, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's something, um, you know, when it comes to, just like you said, if, even if you don't know, right, like that's okay. You know, if you don't really know, how to become a better man yet. Like that's okay. Not, not to beat yourself up, but just have having the desire to want to try and improve somewhere. 
you know, to, to be able to have that honest conversation with yourself and go, Hey, like, I, I feel like I need to do better. Like, I feel like I, I feel like this, whatever this is right now, is it what I want to keep going? You know, whether it be breaking those generational cycles or how am I committed and showing up in my relationship? How do I approach obstacles and challenges giving back? Am I just living about me or am I living about others as well? And, and am I dedicated enough to growing myself year in and year out? Um, you know, it's, it, it's what I, I had this, this mental note to myself to ask you today and we already touched on it. So I didn't, but I was like, I'll, you know, is it nature or is it nurture or is it a combination of both? Cause I think it's, it's easy for us to say it's one or the other and it's not like it's, it's everything. And don't be surprised if you're trying to get well in an environment that made you sick and you're wondering why you're not getting well. Like you just, you can't get well in the same environment that made you sick. Um, and sometimes it, it, it only you can know that, right? Like only you as a man can know, am I just trying to like spin my wheels here because it's just not possible. Uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with who you choose to spend your time with, especially on the friendship level. Family is always going to be family. Um, but you can't change that. Like, um, but talking about breaking generational cycles, like you can't choose your parents, but you can choose your kids' parents. Mm. And so take that into consideration, like when you're looking for a partner mm. or the marriage that you want to build, and like not have, build mm. and um, understand that like they're going to learn from you just like you learned from yours, just like they learned from theirs. And um it's something that we've, we've got to have honest conversations with ourselves. If we can't be honest with ourselves, we can't be honest with anybody. Mm. And then we're living a lie. And, um, there's, there's a lot more to life than just trying to make impressions Mm. on people and try to give off the appearance of happiness or success or, or whatever. And it takes, it takes hard work and it takes honest conversations with ourselves and the people that are the closest to us to try and figure out like, are we going on the right track or are we not? And it's okay to not be sure what that looks like yet, but having that, that willingness to do it. Um, a while back I was trying to give, um, some advice on a podcast episode. And even in, in that group that I started last year with that little, um, like 21 day breakthrough thing, um, you know, talking about the importance of how it's easier to kind of stay on a a good path once you understand where you're wanting to go. Mm -hmm. And if you don't understand where you want to go, like that's okay. But I think the more, and you know, let me know if, if I'm off base here, but I think the more that you get to know yourself and the more you are willing to spend time with yourself, eventually that path becomes clearer, right? Like that destination that you want to go in comes clearer and you're not putting all this pressure on yourself to be somebody that maybe you're just not meant to be. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really interesting. You make me think about um, what you just said and then talking about how this journey is a little bit, not even a little bit, pretty challenging, you know, <laughs> days. Like, yeah. and uh, it actually makes me think about an experience my wife and I had during, um, you know, our first, it was after our first year of marriage, we took a vacation 
Um, oddly enough, we could probably do a whole nother podcast about, you know, financial, um, financial headaches and, you know, the issues there and tendencies with, you know, family history and stuff. But we took a vacation all put on credit card. And uh, when we had no money, basically, because of, uh, you know, some things that we had gone through, my wife had, you know, been unable to work for quite a few months and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, We went to Hawaii. And after going on that trip, somebody asked me like, you know, should, would I recommend them going to Hawaii? And it was an older person. And I told them like, yeah, like, you know, it's nice. Uh, but honestly, I, what I told them was if you can't really go on the hikes in Hawaii, mm-hmm. it's not really worth it. It's honestly not that different. Like the beaches are beaches, you know, like yeah. you can get them anywhere. You can go somewhere a lot cheaper, fly for half the amount of time. And uh, what that correlates to here is, the beach is readily accessible to hundreds of thousands, millions of people there. You know, um, it's easy, you know, there's sidewalks, there's boardwalks, there's, um, you know, the sand, they have wheelchairs that roll on the sand, right. You know, that can get you to the water if you needed to. Um, and it's really easy to get there. And the reward is awesome. If you've never seen the beach before, you know, if you've never seen the ocean like that, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, but the real, real beauty, you know, in Hawaii, honestly, for me and the real beauty in life was taking the heart on these hikes, you know, that you're just drenched in sweat. There's like these uphill climbs. You're just like, whoa, like we're so high up, you know, and it, it was not easy to get here. You're all muddied up from, you know, the, the, the mud on the journey, the rocks and everything. Yeah. And, um, the views from up there were just like spectacular, like breathtaking, you know, way more than honestly for me, just standing on the beach. And so it's kind of that, that comparison of taking the easy road, like you can still have like a beautiful life. You can still have an awesome life a lot of times and things that you're grateful for, but, um, taking that hard road, just the rewards at the end and not even at the end, you know, cause you got to come back down from, yeah. from that top point, but yeah. you know, the, the rewards on that journey and on that, that hike are just astronomical in comparison for me. Mm. Mm. No, that's a great, that, man, that's a great comparison. Um, one last thing I want to get into before, before we wrap things up, like since, since you're also, you know, a PT, you're also very passionate about fitness, um, not only for yourself, but for your clients and things like that. You know, as you've embarked upon this journey of your own growth, your own development and things like that. And I know you, you touched on a little bit earlier, how you, you kind of bring these things up with your, with your clients, with your guys. Um, you know, what, how hand in hand do you see fitness and the way that we take care of our bodies and how it reflects upon how we view ourselves um, as people and our relationship with ourselves and our growth. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very connected, honestly. Like, you know, I mean, we've all been there where, man, like I'm just feeling really motivated. I'm feeling on cloud nine. Everything's going great in my life. And well, I've been active in the gym, you know, I'm, I'm staying consistent with this nutrition program and all the sorts. And then, man, you know, one little thing happens, you know, and it just derails you. Like I've been there, like that was me two months ago. You know, I was in that situation where it's just like, man, we just had this going on with the family. Like, you know, my wife and I got into this disagreement and, mm-hmm 
you know, business, you know, this past week didn't go the way I needed it to go. Yep. And well, guess what? One of the first things is that, you know, falls by the wayside. Well, my health and my fitness, unfortunately. Yep. And um, it's, it's kind of one of those things, uh, like we've kind of talked about is it's a muscle that you got to kind of develop where it's, it becomes a, a, a behavior that's more out of habit, you know, because, and that's what's going to keep you consistent is it's just, it's a habit. It's a normal part of your routine, like brushing your teeth, like eating food, right. To make yep. it through the day. Like yep. it's uh, it's something that just becomes consistent for you um, when you kind of start to, I don't want to say dissociate it from your emotions. Um, but it's more so as you, as you just get better at flexing that muscle, um, you know, it, it tends to get a little bit easier, but again, I don't think any of us are prone, you know, or, or we're not immune from having those, those slip ups. And, you know, I think it's okay. Cause a lot of us guys probably beat ourselves up more than we need to, um, to just give yourself a little bit of grace, you know, and something that I recently implemented was, uh, the two day rule, um, which is something that I learned from, uh, Matt Diavola, who's one of the very, of two like YouTubers that I follow. Yeah. Um, guy who's really around like minimalism and uh just mindfulness and sorts and he talks about this two-day rule where basically you give yourself yourself two days like you don't go longer than two days without working towards something that you're trying to achieve so whether that's business uh whether that's you know a better quality relationship whether that's your finances being in a better place or like we were just talking about your health and fitness it's don't go more than two days, you know, no more than two days without working on that. So that happened last week to me. It was a, I didn't work out Saturday and Sunday because my wife were traveling. My wife and I were traveling Monday. I had clients all day. It was eight o'clock. And I said, if I don't work out tonight, like I'm, I'm breaking the two day rule. So I literally went on a run because it was the only thing I had access to at that point. I went on a two mile run and I can't tell you last time I went on a jog, you know? So having kind of things in place like that will help with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, how do you, how do you feel like, you know, once you, you kind of get in that rut a little bit, like life happens, schedule happens, whatever it is, and you get out of it and you know, you're getting towards the end of that second day. And then you do something like what you did. You forced yourself to kind of go out on that, on that jog. Um, you know, is it one of those where like, you were just kind of sitting there like, all right, two days, I'm so pumped about this jog. Like, I can't wait to go do it later. Um, it's <laughs> it's going to be the best thing. I'm, I've, I've been looking forward to this for the last two or three days. Or was it more like, oh my God, like, I don't want to do this, but I can't, like, I've made a promise to myself. And then how'd you feel afterwards? Exactly. Yeah. The, 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 the dichotomy between those two feelings in a, a 17 minute span of time was like insane. I literally got out of the car with my wife and I had on athletic clothes, thankfully, like I had on clothes that I was like, okay, I can go running in this. Um, I got out of the car with her and I was like, crap, it's going to be it, like two days, like, oh, I was really hoping to go upstairs, like eat dinner with my wife and then go to sleep. And I literally was like, Gabby, I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta go on a run like really quick. And she was like, what? Like, you're going to go running. And I was like, yes. Like, don't, don't like, I don't want to hear it. Like, I don't want to do this, but I have to like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> literally. And so I did that and I'm like, miles in 17 minutes. And like, oh, I feel so good. Like, wow. You know, it's just, yeah. Insane. The difference there, but didn't want to do it. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I remember you posting about it too, uh, that you brought it up. I was like, oh yeah, he did say something about that. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, hey, um, I know we, we're getting close to time here and uh, I want to 
I want to give people always just kind of like a, a wrap up, you know, thing like, so improvising here, what a, if you had to like, even go back like three years, what advice would you give to yourself three years ago, DJ, that today's DJ knows? Mm. You know, I'd say, uh, I'd say find, find people that are either going or are where you want to be, whether that is, you know, what we've been talking about with relationships or whether that's career success or that's, um, physical fitness. Um, you know, it's as, as sad as it is, you're more likely to mimic the behavior of people that you're surrounded by. So if everybody around you is doing drugs, you're more likely to do drugs. Like if everyone around you is fit and healthy, you're more likely to pick up some of those habits, you know? So force your way into wherever you need to be to be surrounded by those things. Um, and then do the hard work, you know, pick up a book. I hated reading yep. until I discovered personal development and character development, you know? Um, listen to a podcast, listen to an audiobook. If you don't like reading, I still listen to more audiobooks than I read physical books. Mm-hmm. Um, pick up a book, listen to this podcast. There's, you know... There's an abundance of them um, that you can listen to and uh, tons of books out there that will get, you know, that'll hit you where you need to hear it. Um, pick up a book, listen to a podcast, get the right people around you and go crush it, man, and become a better man. Ooh, ooh, yeah. On that note, man, there's nothing more that needs to be said. Uh, man, DJ, thanks for someone, uh, so much for coming on the podcast and for being willing to talk about things that you know, a lot of guys are just real hesitant to, to talk about because for some reason, it's like, if I admit that I'm not strong, then I'm weak. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. Uh, in fact, I think, and I know you agree with me, I think it takes more strength to admit that you're not feeling as strong as you wish you were uh, to be able to put that out there and to have those, you've done a great thing with your guy friends, you know, having that, that openness to be like, look, man, if you're not good, like, tell me. You know, if you need something, tell me and, um, you know, don't don't feel like because we're boys that you can't kind of break down that wall because otherwise we just we stay stuck. So, uh, man, I appreciate you and, and appreciate your friendship. And, uh, you know, just hopefully and I know uh, probably just guys listening to this are going to be inspired by what you've had to say. And uh, it's going to help point some things out for them as well. So I appreciate you coming on, man. Oh, likewise. Thanks for having me, my man. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thank you all for tuning in. And until next week, let's try and be better men every day. So that's it for this episode of Becoming a Better Man. If you found this episode helpful or interesting, something that you could apply to your everyday life, please post on your social media platforms what your takeaway was from this episode, as well as taking a screenshot with the tag Becoming a Better Man. So that way we can help spread the word on Instagram and Facebook and help get more men aligned with their purpose, trying to become better every day for themselves, their communities, and their families. 